Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Joining us today on the podcast, it's a pleasure to welcome Judy Unsworth. Judy is the um, is the Deputy uh, Chief of Operations at the uh, Strathmore uh, Fire Department and uh, uh, currently uh, recognized this past year as the CAFC Volunteer Fire Chief of the Year. And Judy joins us from, from Strathmore. Uh, thank you for, for, uh, for doing this, Judy. Thanks for asking me, Tom. I was really flattered. I, you know, and I, I, it's interesting. We were talking briefly, you know, in passing and having a conversation about about you. And uh, when you uh, received the award, you know, the F- volunteer fire chief of the year uh, in uh, in Calgary, what did that mean to you? Um, you know, my career has been. I'm thinking, as most chiefs who get to our level, uh, an up and down one. And uh, I was blown away. And I, in fact, I was actually shocked that they had selected me. That someone had nominated me. And when I received the email, I emailed back and said, um, you know that I'm a career chief in charge of volunteers. And are you sure you actually mean me? <laughs> so they wrote back and said, yes, we know. And yes, we mean you. <laughs> wow. So tell us the tell us your story. I mean, you, you've been in the fire service now for, what, 23 years, you told me? Yes, exactly. I started in 1997 as a volunteer firefighter. And I joined because the women in my community were volunteer firefighters and I really wanted that physical and mental challenge and they seemed turned on and it was a really tight-knit group and um, so I started with absolutely no intention of ever going full-time it was just something I wanted to do to help my community Um, so I worked for five years as a volunteer firefighter and then for two as a volunteer lieutenant and then in um, 2004 we had a new 2003 we had a new chief um, Trent West who came in and reorganized our organization and promoted me to district chief and uh, was a real big shock and an honor um, during that time uh, the seven years prior I had fought all kinds of fire everywhere and done all kinds of calls and my fear as a district chief taking over for my small municipality was we'd never had a structure fire in the municipality itself and within the first month or two we had uh, seven house fires and uh, the sulfur plant exploded. So I quickly got my feet under me and thankfully we had done a bunch of training on both of those things. So we survived and I think it was baptism by fire literally. After that, I was promoted to a district chief within the municipality and uh, that I was a full-time, sorry, I took a fire captain's position and I was the first and only female chief with uh, Rocky View County at the time. And uh, we were the first shift to work at the new Balzac station, which is by Cross Iron Mills. I was there for about a year and a half and promoted to district chief. And I did that for uh, approximately a year and a half. Not often do you get an opportunity to have growth in your career in your backyard. So I moved to Wheatland County, where I worked for almost six years. I was on my five and a half years. During my time there, I was fortunate enough to be able to establish a fire service, something that... uh, doesn't happen very often where we start from scratch and uh, council of the day had decided that um, they wanted to uh, create a fire service and to meet the demands of the community there was two fire associations that didn't want to carry on being associations wanted to be run by the municipality so I was able to establish a fire service which is very deep (laughs) and uh, 
in my time there, we had four departments uh, join the municipal fire service and another five associations. As well, we reviewed and revamped the municipal emergency management plan and moved towards a regional model. And so we wrote a regional emergency management plan for all of the county and the municipalities within the county. Uh, a week after I was an, it was announced that I received the award, I decided to make a career change. As I'm sure you can attest to Tom, being a fire chief is very difficult. And uh, I was really looking forward to um, a position more uh, aligned with my own morals and goals and values. And uh, there was a posting available for a deputy chief position in the town of Strathmore. And um, I applied with a number of other candidates. And after two interviews, I was fortunate enough to be offered the position. So I, again, in my career, moved backwards and accepted the position as Deputy Chief of Operations uh, for a burgeoning fire service. Um, so they were a volunteer and they're moving to full-time. We now have six full-time employees and uh, it is a delight to be working with this fire service. Wow, that's amazing. I, 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 th I think back to creating a fire department. I mean, I literally was involved in that uh, you know, with an amalgamation 21, 20, 21 years ago uh, myself. But in terms of creation fire fire has history as you know and, and in in you know in the old days as it were in the 70s fire departments were created with that neighborhood need and we we're going to get a bunch of people together we're going to have a hot dog sale and a and a bake sale and raise some money and buy a truck or build a truck and w what's it like building a fire department from scratch in in this era it's uh <clears throat> has a number of challenges um i think in this region specifically, there's still a lot of that internal pride on being able to have the hot dog sale to raise funds for a fire truck. And so there's um, definitively pride in ownership, um, but the fire service itself has evolved, our fire service that we're all part of, and it's become a much bigger beast than just being able to run a fire truck. You know, we have to think about personnel safety, occupational health and safety, um, and the rules and regulations of the municipality, the province and the federal government that govern how we go about doing our business. It's not just as simple as running out and buying a truck if only it were that easy. <laughs> so, you know, there's things that need to be addressed, like, um, you know, writing a fire service bylaw that's all encompassing, um, setting up a fire guardian program, uh, writing SOGs and policy and, um, looking at all of that and making sure it encompasses and models what the municipality itself looks like and the projection forward. So um, it was a really intense process. I am very thankful for my years prior to that position. Um, I was able to establish a lot of good relationships and I leaned into those, you know, picking up the phone and saying, hi, we haven't talked for a month, but can you send me all your SOGs or what's your policy on or can you, what's your bylaw look like? So, um, it was really interesting. And then for the firefighters was the biggest adjustment for them going from being run with by themselves to being run by a municipality and, uh, you know, finding out what their needs were and doing like a simple SWOT analysis and, uh, you know, filling in some of those gaps for them and, and capitalizing on their strengths and then quickly learning who their personnel were and what the strengths are of the personnel and putting the key people in place that can move the position forward. You know, as you know, working for a municipality, we're not actually making the plays, we're just running them. <laughs> so it's trying to figure out who's the best person to quarterback that forward. When you're making those changes, uh, what kind of um, what kind of pushback did you have, if any, at the time? Were, were some members, uh, while they wanted to be a part of it, were they a little bit apprehensive, shall we say? You know, with the first two departments that uh, resigned their position and 
so you understand the model they were running um, a volunteer board was running a fire service and the county had contracted with them to have them run the fire service um, they said to us we don't want to do this anymore it's harder to get board members etc so when i took it over there was a gap in um, support for the members because they were run by volunteer boards who hadn't necessarily been firefighters but had been good willing residents wanting to ensure that fire protection was provided so to have someone like me come in that has a diverse background in fire and emergency management i think for them was good i think at first they were a little bit nervous as anyone would be you know all of a sudden you've got a new boss and a new governance model and what does that look like and do i still matter and i think that was some of the things we had to address initially was you absolutely matter we want you to stand still it's going to be good so little things were done um uniforms they hadn't had the same uniform i think once you dress people in uh, a uniform that lets them know that they belong and you rebrand them a bit with their input. So I sat down and had a rebranding session with the guys and they got to help me design the new crest of our fire service. And um, I shared our policy as we were writing it. And, you know, I think there's definite buy-in um, and uh, also an initiation of tradition because they'd been sort of siloed off on their own um, for some of the things that we do and what the crest meant and uh, how we move forward. and you know, all of those things, I think it was excitement at the end. Wow. And thanks for validating everything I did 21 years ago. <laughs> You're welcome. That's a good residue. It was, it was exactly the same thing, putting people in uniforms, bringing them together because we had three different fire departments that were becoming one. So I felt that was important at the time. That That's awesome. It's uh, I think it's essential. If you want people to have buy-in, you've got to give them a piece of the action. You just can't have change happen around them. Change is hard enough as it is. And uh, it's critical to include people in that change and, and have them know that their opinion matters and uh, that you do care. We hear a lot today about uh, diversity, and you mentioned that word in the uh, in a, a moment ago. And in terms of the volunteer fire world and talking about, I guess, demographics, when you say that a lot of ladies were on the fire department because in a small town, that were the only people that were daytime available, correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, it is what attracted me. My girlfriends were doing it. Uh, things have changed, I'm sure. Uh, at the time, you know, 23 years ago, uh, two of our girls worked for the town office and part of their job was to be volunteer firefighters. So they were able to, with the town's permission, leave at a moment's notice, you know, in the middle of their work day and go get on a fire truck. Um, and then some of us, like myself, I had a business that I was running out of home, my home and that's where my office was. So on occasion, I was available in my home to respond. I think the volunteer fire service is leap years ahead of us um, in the full-time fire service for diversity and inclusion. And you and I had previously talked about the litmus test being, can you fog a mirror? Okay, good, you're, you're able to be a volunteer firefighter. Um, and it's interesting when I was thinking about this podcast, I think there's a lot of validity in hiring a person that's able to do the job with the right attitude versus someone who's qualified to do the job. So, um, our volunteer departments, as you and I had discussed, see diversity because that is what the community looks like. There's no option. Typically, they're smaller communities and uh, they need people to come in and fill the job and then they teach them how to do it. Um, in our full-time service, we look for people who are qualified to do the job. And it's interesting, I was reading some statistics prior to our meeting today and um, the most recent statistics I could find was from 2008 that say 3.7% of all firefighters in North America are women. And um, I'm imagining the minority uh, number is even lower than that. So I think diversity is absolutely still an essential topic that we have to keep first and foremost in mind. 
Was there ever a time when you in your career, and I, I say in the volunteer side, calling it a career because of the dedication, that did you ever felt different in terms of being a firefighter? Oh, I think uh, day one when I was given men's size 13 boots to put on, I felt different. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't have gear that fit me and I'm not a small girl, I'm 5'9". Um, you know, there just wasn't that kind of equipment available because it wasn't readily made and men had been there previous to me. I would hazard a guess, hazard a guess that all the girls that I worked with weren't wearing gear that fit or uniforms that fit properly. You know, it's funny as a, a member of a few women, which is Alberta Fire Emergency Wildfire Women, we find it um, ironic that we continue to talk about the fact that we still, to this day, don't have uh, a uniform or gear that fits us properly. Um, so I didn't feel different as a person in my fire service because I was with my friends and there were so many of us. But as I moved on through my career, certainly I was always the only woman in a, in a meeting, in an officer's meeting. Um, and no one necessarily treated me differently because of that. And our rate payers, when I was at my volunteer department, um, knew who I was and were respective. More often than not, I was uh, greeted by women whose homes were on fire and saying, wow, there's a girl. It's about time the fire service got smart. Uh, conversely, when I'd go to a grass fire driving a tender, um, the farmer would come over and say, they let girls drive these things. <laughs> so I think there's a bit of each happening. I never realized, uh, I guess that when I, when I, you know, we did some fire prevention work here in the community this past, uh, this past year. And when uh, some of the ladies were, uh, were part of the team going out to the schools, when the comment was made to me that it was nice to see a lady in the fire department. And I, it was certainly not on purpose, but it was really an attention getter for the young girls that were in the, uh, in the class that, uh, that uh, and I, it never dawned on me that it would have that kind of impact. You know, I hear that frequently from other women, and uh, it's ironic. Uh, when I first started at Wheatland County, I was the fire and emergency management coordinator, which within six months ended, and I became uh, the regional chief as we set up the fire service. I would go to meetings uh, dressed in business uh, stuff and not a uniform, and people who didn't know me uh, would think I was the secretary or, um, you know, the admin, or at social functions, uh, the chief who I was with or another chief's wife. Um, so I think if we expect women to be able to understand that this is a viable career for them and a good career, we need to model that. And I cast blame on myself when I accepted my award in um, September in Calgary. Uh, I've been hiding for a very long time. I don't want to be on the radar, but I think if I want women to understand that this is an acceptable career, I need to step forward and say, this is what I look like. This is what a female firefighter looks like. Young girls, especially, we can't expect them to be what they can't see. And uh, I'm so fortunate to be in the town of Strathmore Fire Department where we have um, seven girls and they're very active in our community and uh, you know want to be seen and love to come out and do that kind of stuff and are so good with our little girls and our young girls uh, growing in this community. It's a lot of pressure being a role model, number one, in terms of just being a firefighter. But as you say, to represent a, a segment of the population that is underrepresented, that, that's huge. It is huge. And I, I think, you know, like any firefighter, you want to do a good job and they just set out to be holy themselves and, you know, the good people that they are. Um, you know, for the most part, we're very fortunate to have uh, people who care about their community and their fire department and want to be a fair representation of both. And so 
we just ask our women to continue to forward what was started prior to us. When you started in, in getting away on from the diversity topic, but talking about the other issue that we uh, we seem to have in the back of our minds, and I guess it's more to the forefront these days, and that would be the mental wellness issue. Have you seen, and I, I love talking to people from different provinces, you know, across Canada and you in Alberta, what have you seen in terms of the steps for, for the mental wellness side of our, of our industry, if you will, of our profession? You know, I, I'm thrilled that you would actually bring the topic forward. I listened to some of your previous podcasts and uh, um, I think it's prevalent. And the fact that we're actually able to have this conversation is certainly a step in the right direction. I myself have suffered from um, some issues as a result of fire calls and some of the experiences that I've had in the fire service. And I think if we're candid and honest with each other, everybody has, and we just haven't touched on it. Um, one of the interesting things I talked about with uh, the chief of New Westminster is we are getting better at taking care of our people and understanding that there is stress injuries that result from the job that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. But we've been very poor at taking care of ourselves as chiefs. And um, when you think about the position of a, of a chief, you're the hard bone between all the gels on the spine. You know, you've got the pressure of council and administration, and then below you, you have the pressure of your deputy captains and firefighters, um, you know, pushing in every direction. So you really stand alone and isolated. And I think we need to do a much better job of supporting our chiefs and uh, what they go through. You know, just because we're the runs we have no control over the plays that are being made. We're simply running them. It doesn't necessarily mean good plays or good decisions are being made on what plays are being played. You're watching over um, the firefighters, the, the people under you, as it were, you know, like, like a parent. And, uh, you know, there's, when you become a parent for the first time, there, there's no manual that comes with it. And I don't know that there's such a manual to leading the fire service. No, I agree. And it's, a, it's so diverse. It's not just about apparatus or, you know, what we do operationally or tactically or, you know, strategically. It's about your people and the people who do that moving forward. So it's uh, certainly critical. And uh, it's really also about encompassing all the families of our firefighters. I think it's farther reaching than that. And understanding this dynamic that we've created and calling ourselves a family. What's uh, what's next in your uh, in your steps? Uh, I mean, in in terms of you know the the future of, of Strathmore, are you uh, are you expanding and building even more in that community? Yeah, the community is thriving. It's a very beautiful community with uh, Canada's main street running right through it, um, and people who have often ventured off of that highway number one are impressed and thrilled with how beautiful and um, diverse this community is. It has a lot to offer and. As such, our fire service is pressured with meeting the demands of that community and um, keeping up with the growth demands of the community itself. So we have uh, started having our full-time people. So they were at, at one point with a full-time captain and one full-time firefighter, and we're now one captain and five full-time firefighters, and we're going to continue to grow uh, to meet the demands of that community. Um, most recently, we have... Um, partnered with Siksika Nation, and that is something the community is exceptionally proud of. Our badge was rebranded. It says Strathmore and Omachakoki, um, which is the uh, Blackfoot word for Strathmore. So we're really trying to increase our diversity, both as a community and as a fire service, and have our fire service look like our community. Um, so yeah, I see nothing but positive growth in our future. I think we'll continue to be a combination model for a number of years uh, moving forward, 
probably volunteer part-time and full-time. I think the fire service uh, across Canada is is moving in the right direction and uh, we are looking for good things ahead. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. You know, the fact that we've had a conversation in a few minutes that included diversity and inclusion and recognized critical incident stress injuries and uh, you know, I, I think this is such a positive time to be part of the fire service. Um, we're making such great strides in moving forward. I, I go back to Calgary in, in September when you received uh, the award and and uh, and that's where we, we sort of first met briefly and then talked afterward that during your acceptance speech it was uh, I was visibly moved uh, you were very passionate about uh, about that that was uh, that was incredible oh well thank you so much I you know I had a little speech and it has to be small enough to fit in your number ones and not make a bump and uh, I took it out and unfolded it on the podium and I thought no. Nope. I just have to talk from my heart about how I feel. It has been such an honor and a privilege to be part of the fire service. It has never been an easy path, but I think anything worth the reward at the end is never easy all the way through. And um, it's so delightful to see and humbling such growth and acceptance. And um, I'm just very honored to be in this career that I hadn't intentionally planned. A pleasure having this conversation, Judy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.